0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign.
1: Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating in McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any of the offer, discount, or coupon. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of
0: places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. vs. China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your
2: hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, a game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Jeff and I will be your host today. Joining us in the studio, we have a few special guests along with our normal hosts, but I'll ask our scorekeeper, Ken, to introduce everyone.
3: Yeah, hey guys, uh, I'm back after my vow of silence. Uh, the other day I was uh, braving some of these Chicago temperatures, it's been pretty much below zero every day, and I went to order a pizza, found my favorite place was not on Grubhub, so... Unfortunately, I had to break that vow of silence and give him a call, get that uh, get that sweet sweet cheese.
1: Well, I'm sure Papa John wasn't too happy that you didn't. Uh...
3: It was not Papa John's <laughs>
1: Neil. Thank you.
3: Uh, well, anyways, to my left we have our normal hosts Neil and Matt. How are you guys doing? Good. How's it going?
4: Yep, normal as ever.
3: Yeah, and uh, they're going to be Team Triviality today. Mm-hmm. To my right we have our guests Ryan and Justine. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing good. Cole. Doing quite
3: well. Thanks for having us. <laughs> and and together, your team, Chostine? Yes. <laughs> that's that's a combination of uh, Ryan's last name and obviously Justine's first name. So, uh, without further ado, I think we'll uh, go ahead and kick into the game. But first, a rules uh, introduction by Sam Carr.
5: There's a whole crowd of people out there who need to learn how to do the green.
3: Well, my name's Sam Carr, and I'm here to say The rules of the game in a major way First, you answer ten questions, and that's the first round Then ten more questions, and that's the second round Halftime bonus, swing round theme That's how you be the queen Answer ten questions, and that's the
2: first round Then ten more questions, and that's the second round Bet on the final, thirty points each
0: That's how you be the queen The cream of the crop
3: So, uh, Jeff, am I mistaken, or was that from
2: uh, The Office? No, I, I believe that may be the tune for The Scarn. The Scarn from the uh, Threat Level Midnight? Yes, a uh, a song within a film within a TV show.
3: Very good. Well, that was hilarious, uh, Sam, so thanks for uh, sending that
1: in. That was awesome. Uh, we're going to make sure we replay that theme many times. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we really liked that. Brent did a great job last week as well. If that's something that you guys would like to do, just go to patreon.com slash triviality and support us as a United States champion or
1: higher. Yeah, and we have a, a sort of an influx of Patreon supporters come in at the end of December and the beginning of January. So thank you to you guys. Jeff, uh, who are those names?
2: Yes, thank you very much to our new supporters. Zach Nolik, Liz Hudson, Sam Carr, Joe Wen, Paula Forrest, Russ Friedwald, and Phil Sanford. Thank you very much. That covers, I think, up to current from all of December and January. So we really, really uh, appreciate that, you guys. Uh, it's been really great. So thank you.
4: Thanks to all of those Patreon supporters. We really do appreciate it a lot. Uh, before we get into the game, uh, why don't we kind of get to know our new contestants a little bit. Um, so what brings you into the studio today? You guys big trivia fans or just kind of passing by?
6: So, yeah, thanks. I actually I love trivia. And there was a part of point in my life in which I consider myself good at trivia uh-huh. and then I listen to your podcast and I realize how unintelligent I am so
4: we feel the same way while we record
0: <laughs> it's a lot of fun though um I guess like as long as I know the theme of trivia I feel like I'm pretty good at it but I just find it really entertaining yeah. fun
4: well we hope that it's entertaining for everybody <laughs> um so without further ado uh, want to get started Jeff
2: sounds good everybody ready let's do it great question one I've heard that this 1977 album by Fleetwood Mac is the eighth best-selling album of all time, selling over 40 million copies.
3: I feel like there's a little hint in there, Jeff.
4: I don't know anything about Fleetwood Mac. That's I'm a useless. Shame.
1: <laughs> I saw Fleetwood Mac uh, at a show when I was like 12 or 13 when I first uh, smelled pot everywhere. Uh, it was with R.O. Speedwagon, and Mick Fleetwood had a... A uh, giant symbol behind him, which I thought was cool. So it was it was nice to see them. Um, but uh, like a gong? It was a giant gong, yeah, um, which was pretty cool. But he didn't. He only used it like twice in the whole show, and I thought it was just a really big waste for the roadie <laughs> to have to carry that everywhere. How many times do you want him to hit a gong during the show? Though? I would say if you're bringing out like a two thousand pound gong, you should at least hit it once per song.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Look, they're Fleetwood Mac. They can afford the roadie.
2: <laughs> now, was that uh, is that where you started your tradition of your Fleetwood Mac sex pants?
1: Uh, well, the Fleetwood Mac uh, sex pants uh, started when I had a uh, a tryst with uh, one of the lead singers who shall remain nameless.
4: Is <laughs> your answer, Fleetwood Mac sex pants.
1: Yeah, sure, why not? All right, so they're locked in with the answer. (laughs) (laughs) So I I wrote down with Matt here, I think Jeff's clue was I've heard maybe, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure, but the only thing that came to mind is I believe one of Fleetwood Mac's best-selling albums is a self-titled album, so that's kind of where I'm at, Matt, I don't know what what you're thinking. Um,
4: That's better than uh, anything I have, because it's probably the name of one of their albums, so
2: we should probably go with that.
1: Cool. So we're going to lock in with uh, Fleetwood Mac, self-titled.
2: All right, so you're just saying Fleetwood Mac? Mm -hmm. And Chostin is going Fleetwood Mac sex pants, but I have a feeling that Ken wants to chime in here. Uh, Rumors? It is rumors. Um,
3: No points to start off today.
2: (laughs) That does nothing. Question two. On a 12 hour clock, you may need to reference a.m. and p.m. to tell you if it's 5 in the morning or 5 in the afternoon. What do a.m. and p.m. stand for? Mm. I didn't know this at
1: one point in time.
6: I actually opt for the 24 hour clock on my uh, cellular phone. It's much more easy much simpler is that what we would call
1: military time so military time is when you remove the colon really correct I hear that's also a uh, cosmetic procedure in LA you can get
6: (laughs) yeah we we're locked in all right team trusting we went after midnight and pre-midnight
2: oh we had the same terrible answer (laughs) after midnight and pre-midnight well if you thought about it uh, what separates a.m. from p.m. midday So, it's Ante before and post Meridiem midday.
1: Oh. After that question, I'd like to take a Tylenol PM and wish that never happened.
2: (laughs) O'Neill, your brutal beating is still awaiting you.
1: Just wishing the day away. This is Jeff getting mad at me that I somehow beat him one-on-one against all odds. (laughs) and He he turned in his jersey to to Ken uh, in Rudy fashion and said, I'm done. (laughs)
3: Yeah. He's walking away.
2: I like how Neil always says that my game's are revenge for prior games that I've lost to him.
3: <laughs> Everything you do is
2: revenge, Jeff. You're a very vengeful person. It's a dish best served cold. Mm-hmm. Question three. What country has a 20-mile border with China via its panhandle known as the Wakhan Corridor? This panhandle was the closest that British and Russian colonial influence ever got, though we had no trouble being there. I think
1: we've come
4: up with... An answer. Okay. I don't know why I said it like that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an answer. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll lock We'll lock, into, we'll lock in. Yeah. All
2: right. Team Triviality, what'd you say? Vietnam. Okay.
6: Uh, we said India.
2: Uh, India is a little bit closer to the country of Afghanistan. So Afghanistan separated um, current Pakistan from the Russian Empire, so it mm. was the closest the British and Russians ever got on land, 20 miles. You oh. we were thinking of the wrong U.S. invasion.
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there's so many, it's hard to count. <laughs> So far, the board is clean. Oh. <laughs> the board is clean, that's right. Uh, thanks for the score
3: update. <laughs> we can expect no less from Jeff's question. It's true.
2: Question four. This video game series name references the fact that it was supposed to be the last project for its developer. Fortunately for us, that was not the case.
6: What then? You got anything? Um, I
0: haven't played many video games recently. He's
6: going to say it, and I'm going to go nuts because I'm going to know it. I know. <laughs> Was the last Revenant? Was that Square Enix? I don't know who developed it though. I think they were the publishers.
0: I don't know. I'm not familiar with that game.
6: I hate
3: this.
4: This is the rare occurrence where I know the answer and I can just gloat <laughs> on the other side of the table.
3: <laughs> this is a this is a case of the the microphone jitters. I think. Mm-hmm. Because knowing Ryan as I do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Ryan and my brother are the biggest video game guys I, I've known. They play every game ever released. More or less. More or less, yeah. And and so this is interesting. No, this is this is driving me nuts.
6: I have a feeling it's a Japanese title though. Alright, I don't want to hold up holds up anymore. I'm gonna I'll lock in.
2: Okay. okay. And what did you lock in with?
6: The last Remnants.
2: Alright, and Matt.
4: So you did say the the developer is Square. It was um, the last; they were going bankrupt, and it was their last game, and it was their Final Fantasy. Oh God!
6: <laughs> Come on! I was thinking that oh. Square. Brian's <laughs> looking around for a bridge to jump off. Yes. Right now. That's so bad. I should have known that yeah. one.
4: You are right. When you said Square Enix, I was like, oh, he might, he might yeah. work his way back to it. <laughs> I was trying not
2: to have a tell at that point because I was that's like, so, ooh, that's
6: so easy. That's I'm a... All right. off to a good start.
3: Focus up, focus up, I Brian. Got this. I got this.
2: Question five. Today's question five comes from Peter Nguyen. Thank you for that, Peter. Words sometimes have two meanings that are the opposites of each other. For example, the word out can mean visible or invisible, as in the moon is out or the lights went out. What is that called? These
4: are always things that I mean to look up because there's names for like all of these things and then I never do. And that would be beneficial at this exact moment in time oh my god it's
6: it's too early my brain <laughs> the answer is one word I'm allowed to ask that the answer is one word and not like hyphenated
2: um so there are actually five acceptable answers um that all mean this uh one of them is hyphenated oh god there's five answers and we have zero there are five acceptable yeah the english language overfloweth with words to describe this phenomena
4: uh, I was out late last night, I just want to point that out Oh,
2: I know, I saw some photos you were tagged in at like 3.30 this morning So <laughs> Okay, so what did you say, Team Triviality? Uh,
4: I said Antigon, which I don't know if it's a thing Or Antigen, perhaps? Okay. Yeah, which might be a Lord of the Rings character, to be honest <laughs> I'll say Antonym
2: Oh, uh, So it's commonly known as a contronym oh. okay. Also acceptable, an auto-antonym Mm. and an antidrome antagonym, and antilogy are all acceptable uh, wow. Wow. words for this phenomenon so surprisingly
3: they're both on the right track they're were
2: they were yeah. both pretty close. close Yeah.
1: good question Peter thank you mm-hmm.
2: question six Manfred von Richthofen was better known by what colorful nickname
1: that's a guess but I, I think that's right my answers either right or really embarrassing I, we're probably the same uh, we're in yeah. so uh, we're in okay yeah, what's his name uh, Rainbow
3: Randy from Death to Smoochie or- yes Rainbow <laughs> Randy is that his name Rainbow Randy
4: I think so alright um, uh, team Trivenetti what'd you say on that um, one we went with noted pizza
6: maker the Red Baron <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> We went with Manfred Man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very colorful. Uh, No, Ace Pilot Manfred von Richthofen was known as the Red Baron. Yeah, well done, Team Triviality. You are close. Now as I'm hearing
1: the last name, I knew it was Red Baron. (laughs) How much would you pay for the Red Baron to physically deliver the pizza by plane to you? It would cost quite a bit
3: as he's deceased. I'd have to resurrect him first, pay those costs, and Mm -hmm. then
1: take it from there.
2: I mean, currently we can't resurrect somebody, so what, you'd have to clone him, wait 18 years for the pizza to arrive?
1: It might be worth it, though. Triviality listeners, weigh in. (laughs) Does he cook the pizza on the biplane? Well, no. The Red Baron brings you small pieces of paper that you have to put in the microwave that have silver on the top or whatever that is as a conductor, (laughs) and then you put the pizza on it, and he microwaves it for you. Uh, Correction, Rainbow Randolph.
2: Oh, correct. So I was close. Question seven. What was the name of Adolf Hitler's German Shepherd? The dog shared its name with a 1970s, 80s, early new wave band. Don't call me for the answer, though.
4: Hmm.
6: Oh. oh.
3: Okay, it looks like
6: triviality's in. I also, this is the only thing I have, but I know this is not it. Um, I'm not going to sing it. Done. No, it's like, call me, call me,
4: da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Anything could be a dog name. You know how many terrible dog names there are? Have you ever been to a dog park? People just shout out all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it. Cubone. I'm like, why would you name your
6: dog that?
2: Uh Pokemon. I would call him, Pokemon. and my bigger one would be called Merowak. Yeah, Ugh,
6: <laughs> gross. I don't know if I'm going to get this, but I think that's a song he's referencing. But that's no help. Why not? All right, we'll lock in our false answer.
2: All right, <laughs> triviality's all set. Mm-hmm. All right, team trusting, what'd you say? Uh, Duran. And team triviality, uh,
1: we thought it sounded like a good dog name, and the clue of uh, I think I forgot if you said "Don't call me" or something. We thought of "Call me" by Blondie, so we said Blondie.
2: Yes, spelled differently, um, but the same name. Blondie was the name of Hitler's German Shepherd. Yep.
3: Uh, Duran Duran took their name from the uh,
1: Barbarella Jane Fonda film. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. The story of, of Blondie is very sad. Hitler actually poisoned the dog uh, to test out the suicide pills the day before he took his own life, and he was actually more heartbroken about the dog as was everybody else in the bunker than he was his own wife. Jeff, your games are such downers.
3: <laughs> but it's Hitler, so yeah, it's an upper. It's, it's
2: all a downer. Everything everything, yeah. everything, everything is depressing. Moving on. All right, <laughs> <Pass> question <Taylor. laughs> question eight. What international organization, headquartered in Washington, D.C., consists of 189 member countries working to foster global monetary cooperation, secure financial stability, facilitate international trade, and promote high employment and sustainable economic growth? Mm. Don't be confused. This is not the organization Tom Cruise worked for. Okay, so it's all about money in finance.
0: Oh, I think I can think of this World Trade Organization. That's because I'm I think it's right. taken from the question.
6: So as a person with
4: a degree in economics, this is really embarrassing mm-hmm. that I don't know the answer to this. <laughs> and I used to know the answer to this, but I haven't been in school in a few years. Think um finance. I've heard, and as soon as you say it I'm gonna be really upset. You're a movie guy. Come in with the some, some Tom Cruise stuff Internet.
1: from Cocktail. What bar did he work at in Cocktail? Does that help? Look, I, I hope this is right. I came to it from a movie angle, but I, it could be completely wrong.
2: I will accept the abbreviation for the record.
1: I can lock this in. We don't have much of a streak to maintain right now
6: anyway. <laughs> no, you do have a streak to keep going. No, yeah, we do have a streak to maintain. <laughs> Let's
2: get that locked in. Streak for the cash.
6: Okay, we'll we'll lock ours in.
2: Hey. All right. Team Tristine, what did you say on this one?
0: We said World Trade Organization. The
2: WTO? Yeah. Okay. And what did you guys say?
1: So we came at it from a movie angle. He said Tom Cruise uh, doesn't work for them in actuality, and Mission Impossible, he works for the IMF. So we said IMF.
2: I said I would take abbreviations, so I will give you IMF. It is the International Monetary Fund. That's what it is,
1: yeah.
2: I had written down, like,
1: international, global,
4: monetary, and I was just trying to, like, put them all together, and then when he had IMF,
6: that's kind of
1: when it's it good, hit. Good deduction there. Yeah. I'd love to see C-SPAN coverage of the IMF working uh, by John Wu. Lots of doves in the main atrium. (laughs) And uh, I was
3: able to confirm that Duran Duran took their name from the character Dr. Duran Duran from Barbarella. Oh,
2: and now you know. The more you know. Question nine. The NFL uses a personnel test named after its creator to evaluate the cognitive abilities of eligible draft candidates at the NFL Combine. What is the name of this test, which features 50 multiple choice questions to be answered in 12 minutes? Mm. I have actually taken this test. It's fairly interesting. Uh, Voigt Kampf. I believe it was a uh, Vince Young who famously got like a three on it. Or, like he, <laughs> he scored so terrible on it. And I believe on the other end, Matt Ryan mm-hmm. has one of the highest scores of like forty-nine or fifty. On
4: There's it. a lot of uh, debate on. It has biases against certain. I it mean, definitely like does. any kind of standardized <laughs> testing, it's going to have. No, it definitely does.
2: I I took it for that purpose just to see how. How, how biased it, it was. And were
1: you closer to Vince Young? I was, I
2: was closer to Matt Ryan oh, than fair. Vince Young.
1: <laughs> so this, you can just take it online? You can find it? Yeah, they have him online. Oh, well, I want to see if I'm as good as Matty Ice.
2: Where did he get that nickname?
1: Well, because he has ice in his veins because he's always calm under pressure. That's true. I believe that's what it is. I, I could be completely wrong. No, I believe you're right. Always calm under pressure unless he has a, a huge lead by halftime.
2: <laughs> you mean like, a, like 21 points up?
1: We got a street to maintain here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i go with it.
6: Say it. Uh, the Lombardi test.
2: <laughs> All right. It's team team Chostine going with the Lombardi test. What did you think, Matt? Uh, it's the Wonderlick
4: test. It is the Wunderlich test. That's, and that's one of those that if you don't know it, you're not going to get to yeah. it. Cause yeah, there's no way.
2: Because wasn't a famous quarterback or right. anything. No, and they use it in things other than the NFL. It just happens to be one of the most prevalent uses of that particular test.
3: We actually, that's our
2: fourth in a row. Uh,
3: yeah, um, Nice job, team. From a rough start, you guys uh, climbed to uh, five on the round so far with one question left.
1: Unfortunately, Cho Steen is yet to score. But uh, the second round should be uh, promising for them. True. To our uh, listeners uh, like Wesley Wells and uh, David Ruffetto, anyone who posts their score on the comments, just throw in your wonderlick uh, score on there as well, just for fun. <laughs> I would love to rank all of our listeners based on their Wonderlick score. <laughs> yeah, from Vince Young to Maddie Ice Levels. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right. Question 10. Final question of round one. What element must be present as an ion or in a molecule in order to make a solution an acid? (laughs) That's right. Neil Neil knows everything there is to know about elements now.
1: I gave up all of that. Like a hard drug.
2: (laughs) Neil actually gave up acid.
6: It's New Year's resolution. (laughs) You should know this. You know medicine.
0: I know. It's like coming to me.
6: Talking about chicken Mm -hmm. scratch. What are you writing down there?
0: You can't read that. I can't read that. It says I, onion. I know you're hungry right now, but...
2: I am. <laughs> Where's yeah. my craft services,
6: Neil? We've come up with an element. Good. That says onion again.
0: It doesn't say... How is it saying <laughs> onion?
6: <laughs> Anion? That's a, that's an element? <laughs> that's so you're, thinking, you're thinking that? Yeah. Chloride? Yeah. Do you want to just go with that?
0: Yeah, I think we're going to lock in with that one.
2: Okay. And what did Team Triviality say? Uh, we said Chlorine. The principal function of an acid is that it must lend either an ion or an element of hydrogen.
3: Mm. Neil, yeah, we, <laughs> you've shamed us. Look, I,
1: it's true. I wrote the
0: first thing I wrote down. We so well, first
6: oh, element, so sorry. what's your what's your what's your degree in again?
0: Don't make me hit you. <laughs>
3: Science. So uh, during that question Neil ran out of the studio and came back in with a bag of jerky. I'm not sure why he produced a bag of the chewiest food known to man on a podcast. <laughs> But uh, but thanks for that, Neil.
2: Yes, I've been very much enjoying it. Just
3: dip it in water it'll
2: slide
1: on your gullet easier. Oh,
2: no.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good That's joke. what she said.
1: Well, uh, Ryan and I and uh, Ken watched uh, The Fly last night by David Cronenberg. And so, uh, Jeff, you should just be regurgitating on top of the jerky and then eating it. <laughs> All right, after the first round, uh, Triviality has 50 points, and Team
3: Chosteen is keeping it clean, yeah. and they're going to get started off in the second round. We
6: want to be unencumbered
3: by those points, right? <laughs> those pesky points. Right, <laughs> yeah. So the mid-round, second round, that's where you're going to fly away.
2: Um, I'm thinking that the mid-round will probably appeal to both teams. I know Ryan and Neil both have a great love of film, so this is a film mid-round. Yay. It's all about the movies. So I'm going to give you ten different movies, and what I want to know is who was the top billed actor or actress oh. in that film. Neil already signaling to Matt that things are going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, so that is
4: my uh, cue to just kind of take some me time for the yeah, next few minutes. Taking a nap.
2: Number one, Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> number
3: two, Runaway Train.
2: <laughs> no, number one, Roadhouse. Number two, what's another Patrick Swayze movie? Where? <laughs> oh, <thanks. laughs> right. First one, The Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Number two, Pacific Rim. Number three, (laughs) Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. Number four, Tropic Thunder. Number five, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Number six, Spotlight. Number seven, The Help. Number eight, Jurassic Park. Number nine, L.A. Confidential. And number ten, Mystic River.
3: Got some nice ensemble casts here. It's uh, yeah, this we'll, is tricky. <laughs> yeah,
2: number one, The Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Number two, Pacific Rim. Number three, Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. Number four, Tropic Thunder. Five, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Six, Spotlight. Seven, The Help. Eight, Jurassic Park. Nine, L.A. Confidential. Ten, Mystic River.
3: Yeah, so uh, for our listeners, uh, Team Triviality left the studio uh, to allow Team Chostein to discuss. And uh, we need all the help we can get, so. Speaking
6: I of the help. think we're
0: good. Okay. Okay. No, no, no.
6: Sam Neill is not top built Jurassic Park. What? No, it's could, really could Richard Attenborough, though. I He's got to so. be top. No. He probably has the and. Or the with.
0: Tropic Thunder.
6: Um, ben Stiller. It? Yeah.
0: I know what you did last summer, Jennifer Love Hewitt.
6: Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Who else is in that?
0: Jennifer Love Hewitt, um, Ma- Sarah Michelle Gellar was in that movie.
6: Could she have been top billed? Who is like what was Hewitt in prior to this? She's she the be main character.
0: Gen- uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar was, I think, she was third victim. Yeah.
6: Okay, Spotlight's for sure Michael Keaton. Um,
0: I forgot her name. In The Help. Yeah.
6: Well, we can put Octavia Spencer just for as yeah, a placeholder okay. right now. Just think about it.
0: I mean, Isn't I have... is Kevin
6: Bacon in that?
0: Mystic River? Uh, hmm, no. No, you're thinking of Footloose.
3: No, I'm not thinking of Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> There's another Unsell movie with, where it's Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is is widely known for not being in very many movies besides Footloose.
0: <laughs> and Tremors. That's a fun movie. No, he's... I, like, he's, I, I, I think uh,
3: Tremors. That's why, that's why he's Six Degrees of Separation guy, because he's in so much stuff. Yeah.
2: All right, so both teams are locked in with all 10 answers. For sake of simplicity, I'll go Chostine and then triviality each time. So let's start with Lord of the Rings, Return of the King.
1: We won with uh, Ian McKellen. So uh, I just want to make a quick statement here. Uh, Jeff, this is one of my favorite questions you've ever written, uh, film related, because it could have been very easy, but all these are ensemble casts. And uh, coming at it from a um, sort of like an industry thing, a lot of these people, and I mentioned this to you when we were deliberating a lot of these people in these casts could have been an and or a with, which is sort of a sign of respect in Hollywood, uh, as far as credits are concerned. So it was very hard to narrow down who these could be. And, and every answer I gave Matt basically three names of who it could be. And we kind of, it was a toss up each time because it's, it's kind of hard to quantify who would be top billed. Cause sometimes it's, uh, an older actor who's more respected. Sometimes it's who's the biggest box office draw. So very good question. Just tip tip of my hat to you. But, uh, the first one, we just, simply because he was the king, we went Viggo Mortensen. So on that one, um,
2: I believe he was top build for all three movies. It was Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Elijah
1: yeah. Wood was really? one that I was fighting for. <laughs> so. Yeah, we, we thought it might be too simple, but yeah. that's yeah.
2: And on the second one, Pacific Rim, what'd you say, Chostein? You wanna say it?
0: I can't pronounce his name, You say. it. Idris Elba. <laughs>
1: So this one was tough because we, we said it could either be Idris Elba or Charlie Hunnam. Uh, Charlie Hunnam is the lead in the film and he was kind of big for Sons of Anarchy, but he wasn't big enough, I don't think, at that point. But we went Charlie Hunnam.
2: So uh, I have that it's Charlie Hunnam. Ah,
1: I can't, I'm shocked
2: at that answer.
1: <laughs> well, Absolutely Idris, Idris wasn't uh, big enough in the U.S. at that point. Um, I mean, he was on The Wire and everything, but I just don't think he would have had a um, box office draw to be a top-billed actor. But that's, I mean, I could be wrong.
2: Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. What did you say, Jostein?
1: We said Ben Affleck. Yeah, and this one, uh, again, the top three would be Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, or Henry Cavill, but it is, as Matt said, when we were deliberating Batman versus Superman, so we went Ben Affleck.
2: It is Ben Affleck. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice today. It's Ben Affleck. <laughs> Not what I was going for. <laughs> it is Ben Affleck. You didn't want to go uh, Jesse Eisenberg on that one? Uh. All right, and Tropic Thunder. We went with uh,
0: Ben Stiller. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we we also went with Ben Stiller um, for the fact that he directed the film and we thought Robert Downey Jr. would have gotten the and or with uh, with Tom Cruise in that one.
2: Yeah, Ben Stiller was the top build actor in that film. Look at all these points coming your way. Yes, yeah,
1: it feels nice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know what you did last summer. Justine, what did you say on that one?
0: Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah,
4: This is the one that I was the most insistent on and said Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Well done,
2: both teams. Yeah. Good work.
0: Finally. All right. Who do you think
2: the <laughs> top-billed actor or actress in Spotlight was? We went with Michael Keaton.
1: So this is a tough one because you're looking at either Michael Keaton, Mark Ruffalo, or Rachel McAdams. And we thought Michael Keaton being sort of the uh, the older actor would have gotten the and or the with. So we went with uh, Mark Ruffalo, actually.
2: So I've got Mark Ruffalo. Ooh. All right, Justine. What did you say on the help?
0: Uh, Octavia Spencer
1: even though Octavia Spencer won the Oscar, we actually went with Viola Davis.
2: So the studio actually gave the nod to Emma Stone as wow. the top build right. in that film.
1: Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot goodness. about
2: Emma Stone. My bad on that one. I forgot about Emma Stone. <laughs> <laughs> How could you, Neil? All right. And Jurassic Park. So, what was Chostein's consensus on that?
6: I was waffling between Sam Neill and Sir Richard Edinburgh, but since Edinburgh is in it for only a short period of time, and Sam Neill, was he kind of relatively
1: unknown at the time? Oh I mean he he had been uh I mean he's the lead of the film. Yeah. So we went, we went with Sam Neill. We went with Sam Neill too because we weren't sure we thought Goldblum wasn't a large enough character to get top billing and uh we thought Attenborough would have been like an Andrew with.
2: No uh, it does it does revolve around uh Sam Neill. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right, another tricky one. I was in the uh, other room with Team Triviality on this one. L.A. Confidential. What do you say, Team Justine?
6: So we were waffling between Nicole Kidman and uh, Kevin Spacey, which not I'd seen the film. But I believe Nicole Kidman is on the cover, so we went with Nicole Kidman. You never is, seen the film? It not never. Nicole
1: Kidman. Oh. It's not Nicole Kidman. Who's on the cover? The Oscar winner is Kim Basinger. Oh, um, but so we were thinking it was either Kim Basinger, Guy Pierce, Russell Crowe, uh, or Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey supporting. It's probably Kim Basinger now that I think about it because she won the Oscar, but we went with Russell Crowe.
2: Well, they didn't know who to promote before she won the Oscar, Neil. So it was Kevin Spacey. Mm, uh, that's bad.
3: I see Which Kevin Spacey. That, that one is pure star power. Yeah. Like Russell Crowe and uh, Guy Pearce are the stars of that movie.
2: And Mystic River, another great ensemble piece. What did you say, Team Justine?
0: I think it was Robert De Niro when I last saw it, like, years ago.
2: Robert Uh, De Niro is not in that film. Okay. damn it.
0: Well, it's not Kevin Bacon. Kevin
3: Bacon is in the film. Oh, he is? But the correct answer is? Uh,
4: We went with with, uh, Sean Penn. Sean
3: Penn. Okay, so after the uh, mid round, uh, Triviality was able to rack up 35 extra points, and Chostine is on the board with 20, bringing the totals to 85 for Triviality and 20 for Chostine.
2: Moving into the second round. Thanks, Ken. So, round two, question one Which NFL team's stadium could practically be a CFL team as they're the closest to Canada?
4: Hmm. The border. Okay. Yeah.
3: All right, we're locked in. Okay, oh. triviality is locked in, so you guys can feel free to discuss.
0: Wow, that's really wrong. Think, <laughs> is it? That's really wrong.
3: Let's,
6: let's hear this I really feel- wrong answer. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote down Green Bay. Is, is that, that
0: Green Bay? It's Green north.
6: It yeah, that's out north.
0: Them. Yeah, but closer to the Canadian border, right?
6: Yeah, that's north. Where do you think Canada is? I don't know. North? <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> I'm south thinking, to Mexico. Thinking, <laughs> Northern teams. How far mm. is Detroit from Canada? I thought that was pretty close. Detroit. You no, are at uh, least naming okay. uh,
4: cities with NFL teams, so you're
6: in the right, right <laughs> ballpark. What about the Vikings? This the Vikings. That's,
4: that's that
0: could be.
6: I think we should just lock in with that because that's the best yeah. I got.
3: So three three good
1: prospects so far. We we came up with three answers, and then Matt uh, had a, a nice guess for the.
4: Yeah, we were looking at um, Seattle, It's pretty close, uh, Buffalo, New York, um, but we actually ended up going with uh, Detroit, because I'm pretty sure that you're able to
2: kind of go right into Canada, almost from Detroit. See, that,
3: that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. That is correct, but I don't know where the stadium is.
2: <coughs> so, just for reference, uh, of all the ones mentioned, um, I believe uh, Green Bay and Minnesota are both about 250, 250, 300 miles away from the border, somewhere in there, my uh, 200, 250. Um, Seattle is 63 miles away. Cleveland Browns right across Lake Erie are 30 miles away from the Canadian border. Eight miles from Buffalo to the Canadian border. And less than a mile... You will find the Detroit yeah. Lions Stadium from the Canadian border. I, had I just it. went
0: with yours. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: thanks, uh, Chris McClellan, uh, actor. I worked with great guy. Um, he used to t- that helped us out because he told me that he used to go over the border with his friends.
4: Yeah, so. I had a friend who they took a trip to Detroit, but they also got their passport because they said that they can just go right over to Canada. Yep, so.
6: I've been to many Mac Championship bowls <laughs> at the uh, Lions Stadium. Yeah, it's quite nice. The Silver Dome.
2: Is this still the Silverdome? No, it's not. I don't believe so. Silverdome collapsed, didn't it? Sure did. <laughs> Question two. British police officers are nicknamed after the man who formalized their order in the nineteenth century. What are they called? That's an answer and
4: it it makes sense, but it's not right. <laughs> but I'm okay with it. We're locked in.
6: This is this is wrong. Does that
0: say beef trust?
6: No, it's beef eaters. Oh. I know it's wrong, but it has something to do with my breakfast this morning and the order is it? <laughs>
4: Jeff is know.
2: currently a beef
0: eater. I like eater. my answer better. I, th-
6: I, I think this is. Cl- I think this is close. Yours is way wrong.
2: I just meant I had a bottle of gin for breakfast. Oh, you were talking about your jerky. That
6: you have a bottle of beef eater for breakfast? <laughs> uh, we'll we'll lock in. You're
2: locking in with beef eater. Yeah, beef eater, the Queen's Guard. All right. If mm. you had a
3: bowl of gin for breakfast, that would explain some of these questions. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> and what did you say, team Triviality? Uh, we went with Bobby's.
2: Bobby's. Yes, a nickname, oh, common nickname right. for British police officers. <laughs> yeah. uh,
3: I do believe beef were... I don't know if British, but yeah, like a, like a Queen's card yeah, or something. I know they're not
2: police officers. They're at the Tower of so. London. Yes, yeah. Question three. The 1990s were dominated uh, by Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon in the NBA Finals, both winning Bill Russell Awards, six to Jordan and two to Olajuwon. Name either of the two NBA players who won in this period. Who weren't those gentlemen? So calendar year is 1990
4: through 1999. Yeah, I mean, because they won the 89-90 season. That would be him. We can name either? Yeah, either.
3: Okay, Team Chostein is locked in with an answer. Triviality, did you have some yeah, discussion? Yeah,
4: we're locked in, yeah. Oh, you want to discuss? Oh, yeah. I mean, so we basically we talked about, um, so the 89-90 season, the Pistons won the NBA Finals, uh, and I am was torn between Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Isaiah Thomas is the more likely answer. And then we were looking at the 98-99 season, which I think was the Spurs' first win, which would have been Tim Duncan's second year. Uh, And I was torn between David Robinson and Tim Duncan, but I think we're more sure about Isaiah Thomas, so we were going with Isaiah Thomas.
2: Team Tristine?
0: So I was just coming up with names in my head. (laughs) So I don't know.
2: It's all right. Go ahead and say he it. He
0: went with Charles Barkley and Kobe Bryant. Okay. <laughs> like they're totally wrong. They're so just looking
2: for one answer. I was just looking for one. Oh, That's Charles Barkley. Okay. They're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs>
2: so, uh, obviously, I figured Matt would have some uh, some idea here. So, you are right. The, it was bookended. Um, 90 was the Pistons. Mm-hmm. Um, you were between Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas. Dumars won it in 89, and Isaiah Thomas yeah. won it in 1990. Then three for Jordan, two for Olajuwon, three for Jordan again. And the San Antonio Spurs in 99 with Tim Duncan. So yeah. you had both of them. All right. Really close. Shaq then went on a three year run yeah. with the Lakers. Because 99 2000 was Shaq through. Duncan won it again in 03. So mm-hmm. uh, it was like six players for yeah. 15 years. And then 04 was Billups and
4: with yep. the Pistons. And then Duncan again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Shout out to Ben from Trivial Warfare. Yeah, uh, for the
2: uh, 89 Pistons. That's right. <laughs> So question four, I'm going to have three listeners submitted questions in a row here now because it's been a long time since I've hosted a game that wasn't a game of death. Also, he didn't want to write questions. No, I feel bad that I had questions sitting in my inbox for like two months. So <laughs> uh, so question four was provided by David Wilkinson. One of Loki's many children, Sleipnir, is an eight-legged stallion. Who is his mother? <laughs> is this in Thor Ragnarok? I
4: didn't see that one.
2: I don't believe it's in Thor. Ragnarok. No, this is just regular Norse mythology. Uh, That could
3: potentially help you get to characters, if that's your main
1: source of knowledge of Norse mythology. It sure is. Is Kate Blanchett an acceptable answer? (laughs) (laughs) Uh. I I don't know anything about this, obviously. Um, Actually, no one else would know that, but I do not. Um, um, Talking to you, though, not that they're going to even take this answer because it's so absurd, but uh, Loki's kind of like a trickster, so maybe he turned himself into a woman had a baby i'm just just saying i don't know <laughs> he could have done it doesn't seem outrageous
5: because
1: I, I i know no female names in any norse mythology i just know loki's bad and mm-hmm. and some other <laughs> that's all i know and then there's some vikings
4: and then yeah something
0: okay you have one name. i'll go
6: with your one name over my no name <laughs> that's
0: a good name to have too go okay
2: uh we're locked in all right uh, we're Relicant. locked in as well. All right, Team Tristine, what did you say on that one? Freya. All right, so they go with Freya and Team Triviality. We're going with uh, Lady Thor. Lady Thor. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm disappointed, Neil. It you is... should have you should have kept your joke answer. Loki, in order to not mm. lose a bet, shape shifted into a mare in heat, used his feminine wiles to distract a giant's horse, and was impregnated. So he was the mother of his <laughs> of his child.
0: Oh, that makes sense too. That does not
2: make sense. Don't
0: say that, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, because he was low-key on oh, yeah. there. Hey. That <laughs> was funny. Uh,
2: so question five today, the real question five, is from Asha Yosef. So name three of the four Division I universities which share their name with a color. Hmm. And I'm looking for the name of the university, so not like their team. So the Stanford Cardinal okay. and the Syracuse Orange are not what I'm looking for. Uh, so I'm looking for the universities, which their full name is a color. Mm. So, so for the record,
4: because I wrote Bowling Green, that yes. does not count. Correct.
2: Gotcha. That does not count. Uh, okay. So I, I did a little bit of research into your question, Matt. And um, there are five total that have colors in them at all, if you include Bowling Green. Okay. So just there are four that are just color names. Mm. Just go with those three. I don't
4: care. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I've lost interest. I mean, I'm in.
2: I'm in. What was it that Not you said so uh, last week? Uh, you said if you don't immediately know, you just give up. Yeah, usually. Your New Year's resolution was to think a little bit longer on this. And these.
4: I did. I thought a little bit longer on There this you go. One. Maybe I needed to attend some mm. of these universities. <laughs> Get some more knowledge. Yeah. All right,
2: Team Chosteen, what was your one answer? Brown. And
4: Team Triviality? So we had brown. Um, I think that there's a, a che- Cheyenne University, which I think is also a color. Okay. And then we went with ivory
2: which i don't think is a school so you both uh clued in on brown <laughs> so far so good you hear that brown your your other ones would be uh auburn oh. mm. navy jesus and
4: siena college in new york siena yeah that's you know once so you no say it out no I'm points aloud, to be had
2: no points to be had that's a really easy once you say it out loud <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> question six is care of jonathan Jerry. thank you jonathan According to concerthotels.com, which pop artist has the greatest vocal range based on their recorded music? Mm. Oh, I don't cry if you don't know the answer.
6: Nah. Uh, it's uh, You well, <laughs> hey guys locked in? We'll, we'll lock in with yeah. this one. All right.
2: So,
4: our thinking i know i'm pretty sure it's a male vocalist just because their low notes hit much lower so the vocal range between the low and the high is much bigger than and like you know i know ariana grande and mariah can hit like higher notes than yeah. any male but i think the range from the low to the high um the males have an advantage
1: um
4: so we were we were looking at uh axel rose um steven tyler oh, who are they're more in that rock range um and then i was thinking Justin Timberlake because of Crimea River, but I don't really remember him hitting a lot of high notes. And then we just came with Frankie Valli and Big Girls Don't Cry.
6: I was thinking Ariana Grande because uh, she does have a great range, but then we went with Justin Timberlake.
2: <laughs> so it was mentioned. Uh, don't Cry is a Guns and Roses song. Ah, oh. <sighs> so that was... it was Axl Rose. It's Axel Rose.
1: Yeah, I was I was repeating over and over that Axel Rose has the best range. Uh, um, statistically speaking, because he's operatically trained. But when he said pop artist, I completely like crossed out. I was like, well, let's not even go with it. Yeah. It's pop. Yeah. Especially
2: at the time. Number seven. The 2017 movie Breathe, starring Andrew Garfield and Claire Foy, had what actor as its director?
6: So let's think of movies Garfield's in, in which maybe he acted with someone and he worked with them again.
2: And More specifically, <laughs> he is an English actor. Mm. Oh, From West guess. London. Oh, you've been there. Yeah. How's West London? I mean, Neil's fourth home after New York, LA, and Chicago.
4: We have a incorrect answer locked in.
6: We'll, uh, we'll lock in ours as well.
4: All right. What'd you say,
2: Team Triviality? Uh, the old Gary Oldman. All right. And Team Tristine?
6: We, we said uh, David Attenborough.
2: I think Ken knows the answer to this one. Ken, who do you think it is? It's uh, Andy Serkis. It is Andy
3: Serkis. Oh, oh man. Many a mocap I role.
4: I haven't seen the new Star Wars yet. I haven't either. That he go. plays
3: Snoke is a spoiler, <laughs> spoiler. even know he's in Force Awakens <laughs> yeah. as well.
2: You ruined the movie for me. <laughs> it's over. I'm out. Question eight. What is the name of the cylindrical map projection commonly used for its ability to render lines of constant course? You might want to send lobbyists to Jed Bartlett to have it changed in schools. Was uh, that English? That was English. Was that a... um. It's a West Wing. West, reference.
3: A West Wing reference.
2: Uh, West Wing. <laughs> Got it. There's like a whole episode about how they hate this certain map projection. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh man. It's always lambasted for being it's terribly so misrepresentative. Yeah, yeah, it's the thing that makes
4: um, why everybody thinks that Greenland is gigantic, right? I mean,
2: it is huge, but <laughs> but like twice the, the size, size of Africa. Africa.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know
6: what that's called. I know what it is, but... It's it's probably named after the guy who created it, and I just... This is
4: what um, Buster Bluth went to school for. Cartography. Cartography. Oh. <laughs> the study of maps. The study of maps. Hasn't
2: everything already been kind of discovered by, you know, Cortez and
4: <laughs> NASA? If only I was a cartographer.
6: A silent cartographer. For all the
3: Halo fans out there. <laughs> I recognize uh, the answer to this question from Jeff's ramblings
2: all the time. I know. Jeff's big on maps. Jeff's big on things. Yeah. We're We're
0: locking in with this one. Okay. And what did you say? Dome thing. The dome thing.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The only thing I can think of with maps is the yeah, yeah, yeahs.
2: (laughs) Ken thinks he he remembers it from Uh, my incoherent. Mercator? It is the Mercator projection. No idea what that is. Question nine. Paul Revere's famous ride was not his. At least yeah. not the 345 mile one he gets credit for. What colonist was robbed of his rightful place <laughs> in the canon of American history? Yeah. That really sucks. You know this?
1: Yeah. Uh, Arliss, the guy who's on the show Arliss, Robert Arliss, he had a, a history thing that he taught. It was like unknown history of the United States and one of them it was not Paul Revere. It was this guy like Israel something or something Israel, Esquire, and then Earth.
4: Let's just go with Hoover. <laughs>
1: That's fine. Uh,
6: we have an answer that sucks. Do you want to lock in with with Decker? Yeah.
2: Sure, we'll lock in another answer that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys are onto the right thing uh, in that it's a vacuum company, and Neil had the first name, Israel Bissell. I knew
0: it
1: was Israel. I knew it was Israel. I I just cannot think of the last name.
2: All right, last question of regulation. The Great Pyramid of Giza is in what city? Yeah,
4: that seems right, but probably not because that's easy then.
6: I don't know if this is it. Mm. I do, I think this is too obvious. Right. I'm
2: very proud. I did Matt category writing for the final. Oh, so.
6: so we will have no idea. What we'll have re- no idea what you're <laughs>
2: You're putting your points on. We're locked in. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, we'll lock in our wrong answer. Oh, perfect. All right, Team trustee, what do you think is the wrong answer?
0: We said Cairo. Ah. All right, we Team came Triviality,
2: to the same conclusion and said Cairo. Well, neither of you is wrong. So don't feel bad about oh, it. It's Cairo. Oh, yeah. hey. Ding ding
4: ding. <laughs> we played this game in reverse, you would have been really
3: confident.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that brings Chostein's total to 30 and trivialities to 125.
2: All right. All right. Now time for the final round. So I've got five categories that I'll read to both teams. Then I'll get their wagers and uh, then I'll read the questions. Category one. Now that's irrational. Oh, that's
4: a math question.
2: Category two. The times they are a-changin'. Category three. Well, isn't that special? Hmm. Category four, I don't have the energy. Category five, how high? Oh. So you said,
3: you said that your, your categories don't give away what the questions are about, but because we know you, we can figure out all these. So the first one's going to be an irrational number question. All right, don't give it
4: away.
2: The
3: second one's going <laughs> to... It's only
2: fair. All right, all the wagers are in. Question one, and now that's irrational Which irrational number is approximately 2.7? Number two, the times they are a-changin'. What part of men's clothing, often seen in suit attire, used to be detachable to aid in cleaning? Question three, well, isn't that special? Which band holds the record as the only group to have five songs simultaneously on the top five of the Billboard 100? Hmm. Question four, I don't have the energy. C6H12O6 is the chemical formula for what substance? Question five, how high? What is the highest nation in the world? That is to say, the country with the highest low point.
5: Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say.
5: Kat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you
2: do when the woman you love dies?
0: And Jethro Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities.
5: The Webby Award winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. So, all the answers are in?
0: Yeah.
2: All right. So, on to question one. Now, that's irrational. What were the wagers on this one, Ken?
3: It looks like triviality went with 10, and with the Oakland 5, we have Chostein.
2: All right, let's go to the high wager of triviality. What did you say, guys? What number is approximately 2.7? I
4: couldn't think of anything, but uh, I just put the square root of 7. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Team Chostein. It's It's irrational.
0: Square root of 3.
2: So E is the irrational number. That's approximately 2.7. I thought of E, and then quickly left my brain there's like e and pi those yeah. are like the two irrational yeah. numbers you should probably e, know e
1: would have been a little too easy to mm. say
2: uh. no easy would have been if it was a question <laughs> two uh what were the wagers on the times they are changing ken
3: triviality with 20 chostein with another oakland five
2: hmm trustee what did you say on this one what part of men's clothing used to be detachable
3: we went with
6: collar
2: team triviality we also went with collar yes collar Uh, i'm thinking very specifically of a scene in boardwalk empire when Mm -hmm. steve buscemi's putting on his collar separate from his shirt
6: the origins of the blue collar was when uh poor families would color their collars blue because they couldn't afford to clean them every day Mm -hmm. like white collar folks
2: Mm -hmm. that must have been a more recent invention because blue for a very long time was a very expensive dye so interesting well, isn't that special? What were the wagers, Ken? Triviality with 20, and Chostein with another five. All right, Triviality on the high bet. What did you guys say? Which band? The Beatles. Chostein?
0: The Beatles. It is the Beatles. Yeah. yeah.
2: Question four. I don't have the energy. What were the bets? Ten for Triviality, five for Chostein. All right, what
4: would you say on that one, Triviality? Uh, based on energy, I think being a clue, um, I
2: put down caffeine. Okay, and what'd you say, Team Chostine?
0: I bet carbohydrate.
2: Uh, so very specifically, it is uh, the molecule glucose. Mm. Yeah, small, simple sugar. Pretty good. I mean, glucose is a carbohydrate, but not all carbohydrates are yeah. glucose. Yeah. Okay. And how high? What were the bets on that one? Ten and ten. 10 and 10. All
4: right, Triviality, what'd you say? Um, we were thinking somewhere in South America, a lot of mountain ranges, smaller countries. We went with Peru. And what were your thoughts on this one, Justine
6: So I'm not confident. Maybe it was the average low point, but we went with uh, Nepal.
2: Nepal is a great guess uh, for two reasons. One, um, if you're looking for a high low point, you probably don't want to pick a country that has a border on the sea like <laughs> Peru does. Um, so you're looking for a landlocked country uh, that's pretty high. Uh, that would be Lesotho, the landlocked country within South Africa. Oh. Has the highest low point. Uh, probably never going to get there.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, Ken, what were the final scores? Okay, so uh, during the final round, uh, Triviality gained 10 points. Chostein lost 10. So the final scores are 135 for Triviality and 20 for Chostein. Triviality, you are today's Cream of the Crap.
0: I am the cream, yeah the cream of the crop
1: yeah that was a that was a really hard game uh yeah ryan and justine uh, normally they're not that hard so i'll have to invite you back another time
4: there was a point where we had seven out of eight and like correct and i was like this might be our best game ever and then uh we fell off the proverbial
6: mount pichu cliff uh, it was rough the rest of the way It was certainly a humbling game for our our first game.
0: Yeah, this is really fun. (laughs) We we didn't
2: force her to say that. (laughs) I'll give you the 20 bucks later. (laughs) Thanks again to Ryan and Justine for joining us in the studio and my co-hosts, Ken, Matt, and Neil for being scorekeeper and playing along as well. If you want to engage with us, just find us at TrivialityPodcast.com. You've got links to all of our stuff there. Thanks again to all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, We very much appreciate that. And for all of us, that was Triviality.
5: Merry New Year!
6: Happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year.
1: (laughs) Thank you for correcting my English, which stinks. I am Nanja Ibuko,
5: exchange student from Cameroon! Ha 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 ha! I'm I'm only alive! I'm 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 alive! I'm
1: alive!
0: I'm alive! I'm alive!
5: I'm alive! 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 I'm alive!
0: I'm alive! I'm alive! I'm alive! I'm
5: alive! I'm alive! I'm alive! i am i am only...
0: i am only... i am i i